0: Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe and Big Al discuss all sorts of things that affect your ability to have a successful retirement. The latest changes to social security, when to claim your spousal benefit, whether to buy long-term care insurance or self-insure, how to get more growth in your portfolio without adding more risk, and where to keep your emergency funds. Plus, we've got a special offer that is only available on yourmoneyyourwealth.com through this Friday. So listen on or check the podcast show notes now to claim yours while you still can. I'm producer Andy and here are the hosts of your money your wealth joe anderson cfp and big al clopine cpa to walk through seven changes to your social security for 2019 no wait six changes well actually it's more like five changes than a useful tidbit anyway
1: so to be fair a lot of these changes came out at the end of last year but a lot of folks are not really up on what some of the changes are so there's seven of them joe okay So let me review some of these with you. The first of all, uh, those receiving Social Security already know that they got an increase in benefits. Uh, The cost of living increase for 2019 was 2.8%. And so the average, if you look at the average, which doesn't mean much to a, a person, but if you, if you take the collective average of everybody, the benefit went from $1,422 to 1461 Increase of about 39 bucks a month or $468 a year. But in a lot of cases, Joe, people don't necessarily feel that increase because Medicare often goes up. And so it's like, well, wait, I didn't really get an increase or I didn't get that much.
2: Yeah, they don't realize that it's coming right out of their social security check, or right. you know how they're withholding for taxes and everything else. So most people live via net versus gross anyway. Yeah, and right. So when they hear gross numbers, they're like, "Well, I never got it, or it didn't apply to me." Yeah,
1: apparently it applies to everyone else but me. <laughs> right. Right. So anyway, be aware of that. So the benefits were higher are higher, and and. Those are, those are adjusted every year, based upon a cost of living adjustment formula. And during the Great Recession, and maybe a couple of years after that, there was no increase. So it doesn't. it's not guaranteed there's gonna be an increase, but this last year was 2.8%.
2: That's uh, the highest it's been in quite some time. It is the highest it's been, yeah,
1: correct. <clears throat> the second one is the earnings limit uh, climbed a little bit. So when you are age 62, or I should say before full retirement age, until that last year, uh, if you may, if you take your benefits and you earn, you have earned income of more than seventeen thousand six forty, then you have to start giving some of those benefits back to the Social Security Administration. So that that amount goes up a little bit each year. So uh, easy way to think of it, just think of about seventeen thousand. You can earn about seventeen thousand dollars if you're getting your benefits and uh, and not ha- not be penalized or not have to give any more back. I, I guess I should say.
2: Yeah, I don't even know how to phrase that, because I think you and I both say that, but it's not necessarily true. Well, it's it's true at the, in the moment. In the moment,
1: true. See, I know what you're going to get at, but at that specific moment.
2: So but you, they increase their benefit, so they get it back.
1: Yeah, in other words, because you took it and then have to give some back, they will recalculate what you'll get in the future and you'll be made whole, presuming you live it. You know, typical life well, expectancy. Well, let's
2: say if you take it at 62, because this earnings requirement is only from 62 to full retirement age. Right. So if you claim your benefit prior to your full retirement age, then there's an earnings limit cap of what you can earn as earned income only. So yeah. that's wages, self-employment. So that does not include pensions, 401k distributions, interest dividends, and anything like
1: that. Yeah, and that's important to repeat. So wages and self-employment income only. So you could have hundred thousand of interest income dividend income capital gains whatever and that doesn't count you can still if you're not working if you don't have earned income you can still receive full social security benefits
2: so i guess the point of this is that if you're working full-time probably doesn't make sense to claim your benefit because you'll get that benefit and then the next year you'll be assuming that you're still going to receive your social security benefit and guess what the check's going to stop coming
1: right yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) That's that's where you really feel it.
2: Yes. It's not like you're going to cut a check back to the Social Security Administration. What happens is that you're going to assume that, hey, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm double dipping here yeah. a little bit. You know, right. I got my full time job and then I'm going to claim Social Security. That first year, you're going to receive that benefit. And then when you're going to file your. And then you. No, it's probably the first year in a few months. Right. Until you file your tax return.
1: Agreed. Because that's when. Uh, so the IRS knows what your earned income is and, and they communicate with the Social Security Administration. And then all of a sudden, they'll stop your payments until that, that benefit. Was until paid you back. reach
2: full retirement age. Yeah. Or until you. Make less than seventeen thousand
1: seven forty. Yeah. So to make matters even a little more complicated, that that final year that you return that you become you'll get your your full retirement age. Then the limit is for now forty six thousand nine twenty. So so it's, a, so it's a higher it's a higher amount you can make and still keep your full benefits.
2: So that means let's say if your birthday's in. July or June, right, halfway through the year, you can make about fifty thousand dollars, right. So if you're working, you know, January through April, and you think that in your hundred thousand dollar gross income a year, well, go for it, right. You know, claim your benefit. You're not going to because you can make up to that forty six thousand dollar limit. Then every three dollars that you earn, they'll take a dollar back. And then,
1: and then also, I think people don't realize once you hit full retirement age, you can make whatever you want. There's there's no reduction of benefits, right.
2: That is correct, sir.
1: Uh, the ta- the tax cap grew a little bit uh, this year. It's one hundred thirty two thousand nine hundred. So that's uh, workers pay six point two percent of their wages to Social Security Administration, up to one hundred thirty two thousand nine hundred. That's the limit for two thousand nineteen. Uh, last year was one hundred twenty eight thousand four hundred. So that means if you made you're fortunate enough to make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in salary. It's only the first hundred thirty-two thousand that you have social security withheld. That's that six point two percent. The Medicare part, the one point four five percent, that continues. There is no
2: limit on that. So there's been talk of, for the last several years, of someone that makes over two hundred thousand, single two fifty married, that then the that tax would come back to some degree. But yeah, who knows? yeah, we'll
1: have to see. Uh, Another one is the work credit earnings rise. (laughs) Let me explain. So you you essentially have to work 10 years to receive social security benefits, at least on your own record. And so that they break it down to quarters and they call it 40 quarters or 40 credits. And so each year is if you work a year, that's four credits. So you got to have 40 credits to be able to to qualify for Yeah, Social but it's Security. based on
2: income and that income is very minimal. It's like 1500 bucks or something Yeah, per
1: quarter. It's, uh, it's actually uh, it's 1360 per quarter, very very close. Yeah. And uh, but you don't interestingly enough you don't have to earn that every single quarter. As long as you earn 5440 for the year, then it counts for four quarters, which is four times 1360.
2: And they'll look at basically your top earnings years, they go back 35 years to figure out really what your primary insurance amount is. So. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Another one is uh, supplemental Social Security income is up. So these are additional benefits that you could get if you're blind or you're older or you and you don't, and you don't make a lot of money. So anyway, that benefit went up $21 a month. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, You know what? There's only six. I thought there were seven. There's only six things. Oh, my God. You're going to get the whole rest of the show. I'm just all messed up. (laughs) Anyway, so the last one is, uh, did you know you could view your benefit, your monthly benefit, online? you go to the Social Security Administration, ssa.gov, and you set up an account, and, now, and then you can access your records. If you're not yet receiving Social Security, you can access your, that, that statement that comes out that tells you what your benefits are gonna be. It's pretty, pretty helpful. So far, the, the Social Security Administration says that about 35 million beneficiaries have, uh, have gone online and, and registered.
2: Well, that's new? No,
1: but, a lot of, but news you can use. A lot of people don't know that.
2: I thought this was seven new things for Social Security.
1: Uh, it's it's new. And it
2: ended up to be six It's six, items and, 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 and one, one is suspect. Th- <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it's it's important to know, mm-hmm. and it may be new information to people. Got right? it. Okay. Now, now you... But
2: the, the title of the article says Social Security Changes. I know. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. that's going to bug you the rest of the show now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, ssa.gov. Go to ssa.gov slash my account um, and get your account established. I don't care how old you are. Um, this is important stuff. And the younger you are, the more um, errors that potentially could happen throughout. So you yeah, want to you- make sure that you track your earnings records and things like that. So it's, it's always good to get a understanding of what the benefit is going to look like at your full retirement age plus 62 and 70, Um, and then thereafter, or or before that, just just tracking it to make sure that they got the correct information on you. Right. I've
0: actually looked at mine, and there was a couple of years where they did not record an income for me, and I had, right. to, I had to correct that.
1: There you go. Well, that's that's why you do it. Yep. It's, a, it's a good resource. Uh, I've signed up, as my wife Anne has. I will say the password system is very unforgiving. You get three ch- chances, and if you miss it, then you're locked out for 24 hours. That's happened to me twice. Because like, <laughs> you know how this works. Everyone has like 50 passwords, and you don't remember which one you did
2: where. Anyway, so just be be aware of that. Um yeah what what is a good remedy for that <laughs> What do thought- you use don't you remember uh, we had some guy on I there know. talk to us about password? Yeah. Here, here, here's what I do.
1: I, Just I, write it down. <laughs> yeah, I put it put in my it wallet. Put on a post-it
2: <laughs> note on his, <laughs> on his
0: computer.
1: No, I, I put them in my, in my notes in my phone, but then I password protect the notes. So I have to remember that password, although I can also use my fingerprint. Got it. So as long as my fingerprint is valid, I can get into my stuff.
0: Thanks to listener Joe, who heard this segment on our radio show in San Diego last weekend and tweeted to us at YMYW show that you can use key pass or last pass for password management. Find links in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. And hey, download our free social security handbook from the podcast show notes as well to learn the history of social security, how it works, when to collect, the rules around spousal, survivor, and divorced benefits, and taxation on social security. And if you've got questions, go to yourmoneyyourwealth.com, scroll down and click Ask Joe and Al on the air, and send it as a voice recording or an email. The fellows will answer your question right here on the podcast, and we may even send you a video
2: response. We got Patty from Los Angeles. Patty writes, Thank you for the podcast with Mary Beth Franklin. Um, if you guys missed that podcast, it's one of a, a very popular podcast that uh, was just a couple of weeks ago. You can download that right on yourmoneywealth.com. Uh, my husband and I are, uh, enjoyed listening to it. Thank you. Uh, he is 70 and is now collecting his benefit. I am 66 and started collecting my benefit. Because I have the required amount of hours and was told my retirement age was 66. I declined my spousal benefit due to the fact that I am currently working in my solo-owned banking business. Ba- oh, baking. 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 Oh, baking. Solo-owned banking. <laughs> I thought she, hey, bring me hey, your money. <laughs> you know, I thought she, she opened up a little brick-and-mortar bank. I don't know. It's baking. All baking. right. Maybe some cookies. Yeah. Some, some donuts. Some pies. Do you, Do you bake a donut or do you deep fry a donut? They get deep fried. Okay. Uh, So it's a baking business, and I was told if I kept working, my benefit would increase because I'll be paying Social Security, and at age 70, my benefit would be higher. After listening to the podcast, I'm wondering if I should just take half my husband's benefit now instead of waiting. They told me during my interview that I would be able to change and take my spousal benefit at any time if I decided to. I have received three of my Social Security benefit um, payments. What I understood from your podcast is if I declined my benefit now and waited until I was 70, I would receive an 8% increase each year, making my benefit higher by 32% over the next four years. I also understand that Social Security will only be giving me half my husband's, which is currently $2,400. Mine is $900. Wouldn't I have more money at the end if I took his benefit now? If I give back the money, restrict my benefit, and continue paying Social Security for the next four years, isn't that like I'm helping them save money? Huh? I'm only adding to the kitty on my side for four more years, therefore making what they will add from his less since they are only going to add the difference from his benefit to mine. Oh, and one more thing. Last year, we had uh, to cash in some stocks, which put us in a higher income tax bracket. So my last check from Social Security was about $200 less. So my benefit is now $720 a month instead of $900. Yikes. Help. Thanks so much. Whew. Okay, Patty, we gotta. There's a lot. There. We gotta unwrap this present here, uh, which is a present. Okay, a, a couple of things. Let me. I'm gonna try my best to answer this in full. Okay, but there's like succinctly. There's 14 different things here. <laughs> sure. Let me go back. If she was thinking, all right, if she's taking her own benefit at 66. She declined to take the spousal benefit. So first of all, if let's say if you claim your benefit at 66 and you continue to work all the way through, let's say, age 80, it doesn't matter. They're never going to reduce your overall benefit. They're only going to increase it. So they calculate it each month. So how it works is this: is that let's say I'm 66, I claim my benefit. They're not going to reduce my benefit because I'm at my full retirement age. That's a whole. There's an earnings out, and we're not going to go there because she's already a full retirement age. Yes, agreed. Claiming her benefit at 66, so she's still earning an income. Let's say that income is higher or lower than any of the other 35 years of service that she that they use to calculate the Social Security benefit. If it's lower, they're still not that they won't reduce the benefit. If it's higher they would take that year and replace it with a lower year hence increasing her overall Social Security benefit just based on her earnings record what she's thinking so she was um, I oh, there was a question in there thinking um, the opposite here let
1: me while you while you read it let me translate what you said <laughs> which is which is this that the um, Social Security Administration takes your highest 35 years so when you keep working into 70, 75, 80. Joe, to years, use your example, if you're making more, it just replaces an earlier year. If you're making less, it doesn't impact you at all. So the the fact that you could be adding to your Social Security between age 66 and 70 is a true statement. But you're missing the the bigger point, which is if you took spousal benefit right now, you could let your benefit
2: continue to grow? It would continue to grow. So let's say if she pays back the three payments that she received, and she claims a restricted application, which she can still do. Correct. And so she is now claiming the spousal benefit, half of her spouse's benefit. So her spouse's benefit is twenty four hundred dollars, she yeah. would receive half of that. Yeah,
1: well, let me explain that. I did the math. So if he's if he started taking it at age seventy, which I think he did, and it's twenty four hundred now, I divided that by one point three two. Okay. Because that would have been his benefit at full retirement age. Which so is, she gets half of that
2: benefit, not correct. the benefit that he's currently that's taking. That's
1: right. So let's let's make that clear. So that's about eight, 1800 dollars. Okay, in other words, that would have been his benefit in current dollars at his full retirement age. So you divide that by two. In other words, 50% of that's $900
2: which is the same benefit that she's already receiving. So, so 900 is her own benefit on her record. If right. she said, you know what, let me pay that $900 back to you yeah. because I don't want to claim mine. I would like to claim the spousal. She's right. going to receive the same $900. The math just happened to work that way. It did. It, exactly. Right. So so you
1: might as well pay those three months back, get the spousal, and then continue to take that all the way through age 70. And then you can switch to your benefit. By that time, will be 32%
2: higher. Plus. Plus, whatever her earnings record is over that time period as well. Will increase it. It would exactly. increase it as well. You bet. So she's continuing to work. They're going to use those dollars to put in the calculation of what her benefit is. She's also going to receive the 8% delayed retirement credit on top of that. Right. So it's like... Everything's the same, except for age 70, she's going to have a heck of a lot more money. If she doesn't do anything, if she didn't listen to your money or wealth, Alan, she would be out like almost $100,000. Yeah. Well, maybe not that much, but a lot. (laughs) Well, if she lived to like (laughs) $150,000. True.
1: (laughs) Anyway, that's a pretty pretty clear thing, and I'm glad that you did listen to our podcast, because you can take the spousal benefit as long as your spouse is already receiving benefits. So that's the new rule that changed.
2: And then she's like, "Oh, one more thing last year I had to cash in some stocks, which put us in a higher tax bracket. so my last check from Social Security was about two hundred dollars less trying to think of well well I here's what I think Joe I, I think because she
1: wasn't she was taking her benefit maybe before she turned 66 and so some of it was reduced because they made she made too much money I, I don't I'm not really sure
2: I'm thinking what happened is this is that So last year, they sold a bunch of stock that increased their income. And I bet you um, her Medicare premium went up. Ah, that could be. Because the Social Security benefit probably did not decrease. Yeah. it's because Because the Medicare premium is based on income. Right. And so they looked at last year's income, and they said, hey, you make a lot more income. Maybe they increase the Medicare premium. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's correct. That's
1: probably what happened.
2: So, Patty, look at your Social Security statement. Take a look at it, and then you can see what is taking out in regards to taxes, if you withhold taxes from it, what your Medicare premium is, and what your true Social Security benefit is. It's going to give you a gross amount, then a net amount. So just compare that to last year. And then write me back and let me know if I was right or wrong because they, they're not going to reduce the benefit because of a tax bill. They're, if you already claimed a certain amount of withholding from your Social Security benefit, I mean, they're not going to change that because they don't know you sold stock until you file your return. So it had to do something with the income that triggered um, something else
0: i got a question. Yeah, You mentioned the fact that if she takes the spousal, she can continue working and increase her own. Yes. So if you're taking the spousal benefit, the in- income limitation does not apply?
2: No, because she's already at full retirement age. If she was under full retirement age and she was still making income and taking the spousal benefit, then yes. If she made more than 17000 and right. some change, then every $2 that she earned, right. uh, uh, th- it would take a buck back. Right. But once you're at full retirement age, then that does not apply. And yeah. the
0: other thing that I learned is that she isn't going to be getting half of his f- age 70 benefit. She's only getting half of his full retirement age benefit. Correct. That's amazing.
2: And then another thing happens, though, too. It it, it works on a double side because I'm glad you mentioned that because it's like, well, push it out to 70 because I want half of that benefit, right? Right. But then also, on the other side, if they're like, okay, well, don't claim it at 62, because I need the, the spousal benefit, and I don't want a, a half of a lower amount. It's always going to be based on the full retirement age. So let's say one spouse takes it at 62, and their benefit at 62 is 1400 versus $2,000. Right, they are still going to receive the 50% on the $1,000 be- or the $2,000 benefit as long as she takes it at full retirement Those
0: age. are two critical pieces of information that yes, th- the that- whole time I've been doing this show, I didn't know those things until yeah. today. Well,
1: and it's not widely known. And, yeah. and as soon as you ask a question, then Joe talks more about how this, it's it just, it's just more and more complicated. Yeah. There's <laughs> books on this. You can read a book and go, what did I just read? <laughs> and this is our Social Security retirement
2: system. Right. Yeah, and it's a huge component of it is. I mean here, do the math on this, Alan, because let's say um, nine hundred dollars, um, let's say I- I'm gonna say it's gonna be go a thousand um so that's thirteen twenty. Thirteen twenty is would be her full benefit, let's yeah. say at age seventy. Yeah. So thirteen twenty minus nine hundred is what? Fourteen uh, uh, four hundred twenty bucks? Well, let me let me do it properly. So
1: nine hundred bucks to 32% increase is $1,188 uh, is minus $900, so she would make another $300 per month, roughly.
2: But if she's still working, and then plus a cost of living adjustment on it, true, call true. it $400 a month, Okay, I'm, 400, I'm uh, 400 times 12 times, let's say, 25 years. Okay, so that's uh, $120,000. 100, right there, Patty, $120,000. I'll split it in half with you. <laughs> Boom.
0: Hey, don't skip ahead just yet on this one. We've got a new guide that is available this week only for you to download for free. Social Security is just one major aspect of your retirement plan. There are so many factors that all have to work together for a successful retirement. Joe and Big Al are talking about do it yourself retirement planning this week on the Your Money Your Wealth TV show. Watch online at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click special offer to download the DIY retirement guide for free. It will only be available on our website through Friday of this week. Download it before it's gone. Click Special Offer at YourMoneyYourWealth.com for the DIY Retirement Guide for a limited time. And next week, tune in for the Your Money, Your Wealth TV show Season 5 finale. Now, more of your money questions.
2: Uh, This is Todd from Washington State. Man, we get people from all over the place. We do. It's great. Um, Washington State. That's the home of the Huskies. It is. Right. Hi, Joe and Al. Thanks, Todd, for... (laughs) Top. <laughs> this, you're getting a lot of It's usually Alan Joel <laughs> yeah, I know people are finally getting my name right They now. are right uh, now it's, People are calling me Dennis the Menace Yeah <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of the show And I thank you for your honesty And great humor Thank you Todd I feel there are many people in my situation who would benefit from this question. Here it is. I'm 51. I have $100,000 in my company 401k and hope to retire in my 60s or at least retire part-time. My future financial needs adjusted for inflation will be about $4,000 a month. So that's $48,000 in future dollars. Uh, so he's done some arithmetic there. I aim to spend much of my time living in Thailand so I can get on much less than 4K a month. Huh. Thailand, yeah, never been.
1: I have not either, but my son has. He he really liked it. Yeah, nice weather.
2: Uh, yeah, it's I mean tropical. Yeah, it beats I guess Washington State. I would think. Uh, through part-time work and my wife working, uh, she's younger. I am sure that two to three thousand dollars a month will be doable, assuming I can do some part-time work. All right. So note, I was uh, teaching overseas 17 years. I didn't start paying into Social Security till age 39. Great life experiences, but bad planning. My Social Security payout would be low at age 62. I will have zeros for many years um, dragging down my payout. So I will delay drawing on both Social Security and 401k um, to take, what, 67 plus, draw the 401k at 67 plus. So giving these funds more time to grow. So he's got time. What is he, 51? So let's call it 50. He's got, what, 16, 17 years to start saving a little bit, get the uh, 401k up, his work experience, he'll get some more dollars um, for Social Security. He's going to pull that thing out at 67 or more. Uh, If you think this email is too long, the main (laughs) part starts here. No, we don't, because we're reading it. I I think it's great, Todd. Really, Really enjoying this so far. (laughs) Uh, My 401k is invested in target date 2035. Over time, the fund uh, will automatically continue increasing percentage in bonds yearly by the glide path, thus limiting and slowing the growth. Thank you for that explanation on a target date fund, Todd. I actually need to accelerate the growth since I haven't saved enough. Some of the funds in my 401k will not be used until my 80s, 90s, etc. I'm questioning why the assets I won't touch for 30 or 40 years should have bonds at all. So my question is, how can I get more equity growth in my portfolio without unduly man, uh, magnifying my risk? So here's Todd's ideas. Okay, Let's see if he's Todd got, is on point here. He's got three of them. Yeah. The um, idea number A, usually I would say one, (laughs) but that's okay. Idea A. (laughs) Idea A. Uh, Change the Vanguard target date fund to 2040 or do some type of ladder, 33% in 2035 fund, 33% in 2040 fund, 33% in 2045 fund, etc. This would be needed to adjust so I feel um, So feel free to critique my idea. I've never heard of anyone using this approach. Uh, Todd, the reason why no one uses that approach because it's not good. It's not good. Thank you, Al. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but you saved me. I did. The target date fund is you're only supposed to use one target date fund. What year do you want to retire? Okay, I want to retire here. That's the fund you choose. So don't ladder it. It's a redundant strategy. You're just going to pay more fees, and it it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. Uh, agreed.
1: And so, and that, that therein is one of the limitations of a target date fund, which is this it, it puts you in on an average basis with everybody else, and your situation may be different, right? And so, in your case, you're looking that you need a little bit more return to make this work, and you need more equity. So, a target date fund may not be the right choice. You can sort of do your own target date fund by doing a, a, a a domestic stock fund, an international stock fund, a bond fund, three investments, and you just decide yourself how much you want in each, and, and just do it yourself. Right. Uh, here's
2: idea B. B, okay. Start a Roth IRA. Max it out and go all equities in this account, at least for the next 15 years or so, so I can get access to the asset classes that are um, underserved in my 401k, small cap value, REITs, et cetera through Vanguard ETFs. Uh, mutual funds, etc. And or, um, here's idea C. C. Okay. Uh, stockpile a lot of cash, build up my taxable brokerage account, and use these funds to part-time retire my 60s while my 401k and Roth continue to grow. Whew. Oh my God, Todd. Okay, let's um, let's go with B. So my Q it is how to creatively invest my retirement portfolio considering that I started late and don't want to work forever taking into account that I want to plan to live until age 100 a growing percent in bonds will deliberately deli- de- debilitate. Debilitate. debilitate oh my god I'm sorry this this is a long one uh, debilitate <laughs> my ability to get to a million dollars or 2 million dollars mark uh, my bonds each year means slower and slower growth so how do I get around this dilemma? <sighs> Side notes. <laughs> so Side notes, them too. <laughs> one. I have a mortgage payment of $1,200 per year. This will continue until my mid-60s unless I throw extra payments at the house, which is something I hope to start soon. Side note two, I hope to max out my 401k within the next two years and add catch-up contributions. Side note three, I do have a Roth 401k option as well, but I am now 100% in tax-deferred portion, but I'm willing to put some into a Roth option as well. Thanks again for all your great advice over the years. I know these questions are tricky to answer. By now, I hope Joe isn't breaking into a cold sweat already from reading this email. Too late. How did he know that? Todd! (laughs) He's a big fan of the show. Jesus. All right. This is what you do, Todd. You max out the 401k plan. You max out a Roth IRA plan as much as you possibly can. You have a globally diversified portfolio. You listen to Al, you pick three funds. You have 17 years for growth, so you probably want, I would say, 70% equities, 30% bonds. You want the bonds in the overall portfolio so when the equities go down, you can buy more equities. That's going to be your safety buffer there, and it's going to help for trading purposes as well. You have a long time horizon. You're going to live to age 100. So I'd probably have that stock equity mix for quite some time. Then, when you get to age 67 or whenever that you want to retire, you're going to live in Thailand, living off a couple thousand bucks a month. You got a hundred thousand dollars now. Al, hundred thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars a year savings over the next 17 years at 17% is what? Okay, so a hundred thousand, thirty
1: thousand a year. Yep. At seven percent, you said 17, but for sem- 17, years, 17 years, I'm going to say it's going to be got close it. to 1.2
2: million. 1.2 million, Todd. Boom! Four percent of that it's forty thousand bucks. Yeah, forty. That's that's forty four
1: thousand dollars. Yeah, which uh, will generate three maybe thirty five hundred dollars of income. So there you go. Right? Or actually four thousand Sorry, four thousand. Four thousand four hundred
2: dollars. Four
1: thousand 4, to five thousand of income.
2: Yeah, and then that's in today's dollars. You go back future. Right. Yeah, I mean we just did your financial plan here in ten minutes, and you gave me a cold sweat. So yes, <laughs> do that right and. um, Hopefully, Thailand goes well, and we appreciate you listening. All right. What is the best place to keep emergency fun with an easy access? Thanks. That's a quick question. <laughs> Let's give a quick answer. What do you got?
1: Uh, I would say uh, you could start with a money market, which isn't paying very much. You could start with a shorter-term CD, three-month CD, six-month CD. Maybe if you have enough emergency funds, you could ladder it. You have a, three-month CD, a six-month CD, a nine-month CD. Anyway, basically keep it in cash, I guess is the answer, no matter which vehicle you pick. Even if you pick like a one or two-year CD. Do you have CDs? I do. You do? I do for my emergency funds. Oh, do you? Yeah, I have a 14-month CD at, at my credit union. And if I have to pull the money out early, I could lose 180 days or half a year's of income, but I'm willing to take that risk because in a money market is virtually nothing anyway in terms of the earnings. So that that's what I do. Got it. Uh, how do you shop for CDs? Um, well, uh, do you go I, to like? Um, I I just I just type in like CD rates on Google, and all kinds of stuff pops up, and then and then I compare that to I have a credit union here locally in San Diego, and as as long as they're close enough, that's easier and more convenient. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean and the you're, di- you're not gonna you know open up a new account and you know for. 10 basis points. No, no. And the difference, like uh, my credit union was a little bit lower, but it was probably 20 basis points yeah. lower.
2: Not not worthwhile. Got it. Uh, All righty. And that, so if you do cash that out early, the what happens? Well, in, in they my. You just loo- use, uh, lose I, a little bit of interest? I
1: lose up to six months of interest. So everyone's different. Like they have different ways of calculating the, the early withdrawal penalty. An early withdrawal penalty is nothing more than losing some interest. Right, so that's that's how to think about that.
2: What uh, what rates are are going on with CDs right now? Uh, I think I got two point three. All
0: right,
1: two point two five percent, something like that. Okay, for yeah. what term? What duration? Fourteen months. All right, and that was recent. That was uh, in February, two thousand
2: nineteen. All right, there you go. Rates are going up.
0: If you've got questions about how you should be investing, or any other money question for that matter, not only will Joe and Big Al answer them for you, they'll up the ante and send you a copy of Larry Swedro's book, Think, Act, and Invest Like Warren Buffett, with a foreword by Joe and Big Al, for free. All you have to do is go to YourMoneyYourWealth.com, scroll down to where it says Ask Joe and Al on the air, and record your question as a voice message. You'll get an answer from the fellas here on the podcast, and you'll get a free book. Here's how it's done.
2: Tom from Colorado is on.
1: Hi, my name's Tom. Uh, My wife and I are both in our early 60s. I've been reviewing long-term healthcare policies, and they don't really seem to offer a lot of coverage, and I wondered what the analysis is, what kind of financial analysis in terms of whether I should purchase long-term care insurance or just self-insure that and invest the money to have it there for if and when it's needed. We have enough assets to self insure, but I'm not sure that's the wisest thing to do. And I'm trying to evaluate this risk. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking my call.
2: All right. Uh, Tom, thanks so much uh, for giving us a buzz. Uh, Annie, I think we need to send Tom a a book uh, called
0: Think, Think, Act, Act, and and Invest invest Like Warren Buffett by Larry Swedro. Yes. All right.
2: Tom Tom gets a book. So all you got to do, folks, is just leave us a message, and you get free gifts. Uh, all right, Alan. What do you think? Because, well, I Tom's I, sitting in the same boat that you're in. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true.
1: Uh, I'm in my early 60s, and and that's a decision that you got to look at. So here here's a, a few things I might say, and that is the long-term care insurance relative to let's say 10 years ago is a lot more expensive, and the uh, benefits have reduced significantly. And the benefits have reduced. So so the the actual ac- getting those policies is. I mean, it used to be clearer. Now it's not as clear to me that there's a huge benefit. I, I would say this, honestly, if you can self-insure, that, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a matter of it's an insurance. If you want to have the insurance company handle some of that risk, like any insurance policy, if you, if you end up needing it,
2: you'll be very happy you have it. If you don't need it, you'll be thinking, "Why did I do this?" But here's the analysis. Is that, Tom, just take a look at what the premium is. All right. So you're in your early 60s. You're probably not going to need this benefit for what, 25 years? Okay. Alan's going to need a benefit probably a lot (laughs) sooner than that. (laughs) That's probably Chase. So let's say that you buy a policy for $10,000 a year, hypothetically, for $300,000 in benefit. Right. I have no idea. I don't know what he's looking at. I don't know what, um, you know, is it a. What what his uh, elimination period is, I don't know if he's getting it with his spouse to get a spousal discount. There's all sorts of iterations on how you can buy a standalone long-term care insurance policy. And let's just explain what that is first, is that a long-term care policy works as if you have one of your activities of daily living, um, I guess two out of the four, um, I think there's four. I'm not yeah, an insurance agent, I, but I, I think there's, there's four. Three. If if two of those go bad, right? You can't bathe yourself or close yourself. Can't, yeah, right. You can't get out of bed. Can't transfer. Can't move. Um, right, and consonants? Eating,
0: yeah. bathing, dressing, toileting, transferring, and maintaining continence. Okay. Well, there's yeah, I yeah, guess there's, there's a little bit Six more than four. Six, Six of them. Six. Right. Six.
2: So if two of those go bad, then you can. Um, the, then the long-term care insurance would trigger so if you have it then if you it would, have it so it now you need help you need someone to help do one of those activities of daily living and so you could go into a home right um, and have full-time care and that full-time care is it, it in Colorado I don't know I'm guessing it's gonna cost you 60 to eighty thousand dollars a year. Depending on where you go, you could probably go to a really nice place and it's gonna cost you a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, or you could go somewhere that's not so nice and it'll probably cost you fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. So, on average, right, the average person's long term care stay is roughly four years, right? So, if it's gonna cost you fifty thousand dollars a year for four years, you know, you can do the math somewhat easy, that's gonna be two hundred thousand dollars. So you could say this, all right, well, $200,000 is what the need is in today's dollars, right? So that is also going to increase with the cost of inflation of probably close to, what, 7 8%, so that $200,000 is going to be roughly 400000 You following my math here, folks? Just I, barely. I, I got it. All, all right, right there. thank you. So what Tom needs to do is say, well, what's the need, right? In future dollars, it's going to cost me X, $400,000 of monies... That needs to come from somewhere to pay for the care. So he can insure it by buying a long term care policy and saying, All right, well, I want to cover that need by either 100%, 50%, 30%, whatever he wants to do, right? So maybe it's a little bit of self insure, like Al suggested. Maybe you fully insure, or maybe you do somewhere in the middle, all right? So you do somewhere in the middle and you say, I want to cover half of the cost. So you need Two hundred thousand dollars of benefit, hypothetically. Then you look at what does a pre what's the premium going to cost me to get this two hundred thousand dollars of benefit? And if that cost is five thousand dollars a year, ten thousand dollars a year, whatever it is, you take that premium dollar that is going to go to the long term care policy, and then you say, let's say I invest that premium versus buying the policy. What rate of return do you need to generate on that premium dollar, right? to get you to the same pool of money that you would have as the long-term care policy would pay out.
1: Right. Does that all <laughs> jive? Let me let me make it simpler.
2: Well, that was simple!
1: I know, but <laughs> I'm going to go back to my answer, right. which is when you do all this math, what you're going to find is that by the time you add up all your premiums and put in a rate of return, that sum total is going to be less than your benefit. Right? So, in other words, if you need it, you're going to be glad that you have it. If you don't need it, it's wasted money. That, that's what you're going to find after you do all this. Right. And you're absolutely right. That is the way to do the calculation. Yeah,
2: because I think that's what he was asking. He's like, well, you know, financially speaking, how do I calculate this? How do I calculate the risk? Well, the likelihood of you going into a long-term care facility, Tom, is probably pretty high. I mean, it's higher than... Um, Other types of risks. In high means, I don't know, maybe 50%? Yeah,
1: something like that. It doesn't mean it's going to be four years. It might be a few days.
2: Yeah, you break a hip, right? Right. Yeah. Or you could be like Christopher Reeve and be in there for twenty years. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. Right. Or maybe you die of a massive heart attack, or you die yeah. peacefully in your sleep. Yeah, and you don't need it. We yes. But the fact of the matter is that long term care premiums, are, or the the benefit is tax free, so you got to do a break even analysis. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Now it's just like you know I have home insurance and I I pray that my house doesn't <laughs> burn down. Right. Actually,
0: but, it's even more than that. Longtermcare.acl.gov says someone turning age 65 today has almost a 70% chance of needing some type of long-term care services. Yeah, but,
1: but that also could be an in-home in, in home service person that comes in once a week and washes your sheets. So it's, yeah. it doesn't—that's It they, that's a pretty— that's, <laughs> Oh, my that's God. A- I just had the
2: sickest <laughs> <laughs> thought in my— Oh, of course you oh my would. My thought— <laughs> Oh boy, washing Big Al's sheets. I mean, that would, I would I would want to get paid a hundred grand a, a <laughs> well, wash sheet on that. See, <laughs> this is why you don't want to
0: inflict that upon your spouse. Oh my
2: goodness gracious! All right, that's it for us. We'll see you again next week. Show's called Your Money or
0: Once again, if you've got money questions, go to yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Scroll down and click Ask Joe and Al on the air and send them a voice recording or an email. They'll respond right here on the show, and we might even send you a video response of their answer. And we'll send you Larry Swedro's book, Think, Act, and Invest Like Warren Buffett, just for asking Joe and Big Al on the air. Check today's podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com for links to share and subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can listen on YouTube, or on your favorite podcast app. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. For your free 2 meeting financial assessment with a certified financial planner, just click the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. And turning off the microphone now, we'll see you next week.